friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In episode 32, Sasha interviews trauma surgeon, Dr. Brittany Culp. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. It's your host, Sasha Shilkut. I'm super excited to have another physician, Mama, on the show today. She's awesome. She is a trauma surgeon, and she's going to talk to us about burnout and her own story of burning out and how she really has evolved. And it's just been really fun for me to watch her grow and watch her evolve into a woman that empowers and encourages other women. But before we get to our guests today, I want to take a, a little moment and answer a question from the audience. So this question is coming from Dr. R and she says, I'm interested in the Brave Enough Conference, but I've also looking at the Brave Enough Retreat. Can you explain the difference between these two and which one you think would be a better fit for me? Well, that's a great question. The Brave Enough Conference is a CME event. So it's a large event. There's about 350 women to 450 women that will attend that conference this year in Scottsdale in September. It has great speakers, um, a lot of great programming. We have a super fun gala. We have networking events and it is, it's a really special, energetic, high energy, high fun, but also really just a place for connection. Um, but definitely for physician women and it's a CME event, the brave enough retreat does not have any continuing medical education. It's a small group. There's only about 20 women that attend and we do four hours each morning from eight to noon of life classes, but there's no medical education. It's really just about professional and personal development. And we talk about everything from wellness to priorities to, you know, emotional intelligence. And then we have, uh, a lot of fun at night. We have food catered in, we have, um, fun activities. We relax by the pool and by the, by the ocean. It's really just a fun girls weekend with 12 hours of awesome life classes. So basically each of them have a, have a purpose and you would, you know, if you're, if you're looking for something with CME and you want something that's really going to help you level up in your career, I would say it's probably the Brave Enough Conference. If you're looking for something more low-key and maybe you don't like big crowds or maybe you just want to get to know me personally because I'm hanging out in the house with you for hours upon hours every day and maybe you want some more one-on-one teaching and coaching, then I would say the Brave Enough Retreat. But without further ado, let's get to our guest today, Dr. Brittany Culp. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Sasha. I'm so excited to be here and I'm I'm honored actually that you would have me as a guest. Well, I, I, I'm really excited that you're here because, um, first of all, you are this amazing surgeon and you are also married to a surgeon. You're a mom. You have a really, uh, unique story of burnout. And when I first met you, I could clearly see that, you know, you are someone who has a vision, has a goal and is a very high achiever. And yet you found yourself in this kind of period of burnout, which was really humbling and really inspiring to me that you were so open to talk about it and to help other women. So 
I want you to introduce yourself, tell us a little about where you live and, and what you do, and then we'll move into your story and how, and, and the pearls that you want to share for others who are, may be suffering with burnout and depression like you have in, in your life. Sure. So, um, like you said, I am a trauma surgeon in the DFW Metroplex, and um, I now actually work at two different centers, but one is kind of our, our mainstay. And um, I kind of got, I, I mean, the surgery part, obviously, we all kind of know how our linear paths get up there. But the burnout part is what brought me to you and Brave Enough and all of those things. And it was actually my trying to figure out a way to reach other women or men that were going through this type of thing. And the word that kept resonating with me the entire time was, I'm enough. I know I'm enough, but I don't want to believe it. And so I created a blog called Dr. Enough. And then once I created that blog, I didn't sound brave enough, which was <laughs> basically all of the same things that I was already trying to do. And it had the exact same message of, you know, you belong. It's okay. You're not alone. And yes, this is a really rough time. And I kind of like, I read a lot of your story and I, Everything you had to say completely resonated with everything I was going through. And I, I'm sure you know, as a cardiac anesthesiologist and a female in that field, you're kind of few and far between. And it's harder to um, not necessarily complain, but just like voice your concerns and find help with that. And so, yeah, that's how I ended up finding you. And um, I was just seeking help at the time. And uh, I think that's a big part of my story is that I was willing to be so vulnerable then um, and kind of owning that vulnerability later on. I love that. I love it because, because I mean, first of all, it's super cool that you and I kind of had these parallel paths and we didn't know each other. And then we found each other and, you know, you right. connected to my story of burnout and validated what I was going through um, and vice versa. And that's, what's so cool about when you are vulnerable enough to share. Um, but it's really hard. It's really hard to share, especially as a woman working in a male dominated field, because you have to kind of leave the house every day and put on your armor. You know, you have to, you have to be like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, allow anyone to, you know, uh, discriminate against my, my voice today. I have to really step up and talk about and, and stand up for myself or stand up for my patients, or I have to put on this face for trainees and I have to be super confident so that I can, you know, people trust my skills and my, and my expertise and, and being vulnerable and saying that you're burned out and saying, or even recognizing and being like, okay, I'm in a place where I can't, get out by myself. Like I need someone to either throw me a rope or, and, and help so that I can grab on and pull me out. Or I need someone to just turn on a little light next to me so I can even see five feet in front of me. It's just, sure. it's a really scary thing to do, right? It's so opposite of what, yeah, it was, of what we have to do in scary. medicine. So talk to us it about like, so how did you, scary. how did, how did you get brave enough, so to speak, to say, I need help? Oh. So, um, I mean, I truly have like every sense of a burnout, like everyone else could do a better job than me. I was like clinical about all my patients. Um, and it was just hard for me. I got to this point where it was hard to wake up and leave the house in the morning. Like 
And I realized at the time, like granted, my daughter was only about nine months old when I started going through all this. And so I was a little worried that I just had like late onset postpartum depression and that's all I was dealing with. But the more I thought about it, I was like, no, she is definitely not the cause of my depression. Like when I'm around my kid, I'm okay. But when I start thinking about work, I'm not okay. And that was so hard to deal with because so many of us in medicine, I mean, we spent the first three decades of our lives working towards that. And that very much becomes who we are, not just what we are. And so it was hard for me to say, I don't feel like I am supposed to be doing this. I, I don't want to wake up and do this. Um, but at the same time, I, I think being scared of postpartum depression kind of put a little bit different on the burnout situation of like, well, what if it is depression and that's what's causing my burnout? And so I, I actually initially reached out to a different Facebook group um, before I found out about Style and B. And um, I just kind of put it out there like, guys, I, I'm really worried. Like, I don't think I want to do this profession anymore. I, I'm not, and I'm not sure if I'm depressed, but I know I'm not happy. And so many people reached out and said, you know, you're not alone. And there's multiple other like physician life coaches out there that just, said, you know, if you ever need someone to talk to, I'm here. And I was amazed at the amount of support that came from one little tiny post in a Facebook group. And it made me feel so much more comfortable about telling someone else what was going on because I just had, I mean, I had a hundred responses or something within a couple hours and I was just kind of blown away. And I knew too, though, I had been depressed in med school. Um, I'd been diagnosed with major depression. And so I knew that I couldn't like get through something big like this by myself. Um, at the very least, I knew I was going to maybe like meet a therapist or a life coach or just someone to help talk me through it. Um, and when I told my husband, he was the one that probably really helped me just own the fact that things weren't going well and just be honest about what's happening so that I can get through it. Because if I wasn't honest, I wasn't going to be working on the right problems and I wasn't going to get past it. And, um, that, I think I like, that I like that. Yeah. If you're not honest, you're not working on the right problem. Yeah. Like if I was trying to pretend that it was just depression or just burnout or, you know, like not truly identifying what was really bothering me or why I wasn't dealing with it, I could work for months and not get past it. Right. And instead, I think actually being honest about it allowed me to work through it so much more quickly than I thought I was going to be able to back when I first met you. That's, that's super cool that you, that you have such a supportive, you know, spouse, um, too, to, to tell you that it's okay. Just like be honest about it. And, and, and also I really appreciate that you're sharing this because, I think there are so many people that really struggle with depression and um, they think something is inherently wrong with them. And because of that, especially if you work with people and you're in a helping profession, they don't seek help for themselves because they're like, oh my gosh, I have to help all these people. I can't admit that I myself need help. But in reality, like we really need physicians and healthcare and nurses and all people that are working in healthcare to feel 
you know, safe enough in a, in a situation that they can say like, I know that I need somebody to talk to, or I know I may need um, to go and, and get some treatment for, and, and see if I do indeed have depression or anxiety or whatever the mental health struggle is, because it's so common in healthcare and not surprising seeing as though the hours we work and the stress, the emotional stress that we're under, not just the physical stress, but for me, I know it's, you know, I, I can get over the physical exhaustion. It's the emotional exhaustion that catches up with me if I'm not really paying attention to it and not resting emotionally. And so I just really appreciate your honesty of sharing this because I think that other people listening, specifically other people that are professionals are going to, are going to be more willing to perhaps seek help hearing you talk about it. So thank you for being so honest. Well, I hope that that's what happens for other people because it was, when I found so many people on social media that were willing to talk about their story and tell like how they'd been depressed and how they'd gotten through it and actually being open, it helped me so much. And it was kind of a quiet way of getting a little bit of extra help. I didn't have to really go search for it too much. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have to pay for it. I didn't have to do any of that. Now, granted I did all of those things for myself at the same time. I found an amazing psychiatrist here that actually does an incredible amount of work on physician burnout and she has just been phenomenal. And then a psychologist that she referred me to has been equally outstanding. Um, but I've made it, you know, a, a priority to make sure that I'm checking on my friends that like checking on your strong friends. I, I heard that back in the beginning of this process and I was like that I'm that strong friend that no one was really checking on because they just thought it was so cool that like I was a trauma surgeon and now I was a mom. and like, how cool is it that I can do all of that? And I felt like I wasn't doing any of that very well at the time. And um, seeing other people that were willing to be vulnerable. And then I was really kind of in that awesome recovery phase and then went to Brave Enough last year. And it was just kind of like a capstone experience for the whole thing. And like, even like when Dr. Best got up there and talked and I remember her saying, you know, there's co-authors of your story in this room. And mm. I was like, yes, you're telling my story. You're up there. telling." <laughs> I love that. Um, I love it. I love and it. it just finally, it truly like just hammered home that you're not alone, no matter what kind of struggle you've gone through. I know. And you know, I love when you think about your life as a story I mean, I've really started thinking about this and I was actually just, I'm post-call today. So I'm doing all the things that we do when we're post-call and you, you understand what that means. So for the listener that's listening, that's not a physician, um, we take, um, call and sometimes those calls are 24 hours long or sometimes they're shorter or sometimes they're 72 hours long. And then afterwards we kind of, um, we take a day to, to recharge and rest and sleep. And oftentimes we find ourselves doing all the things that we haven't been able to accomplish in the last week or so. And so I was writing this morning and, um, I was writing a, a story for, a. am writing a book as, as I know, you know, Brittany, I don't know if I've said this on the air yet, but I'm writing a book and I was writing a, a story that happened to me and it is still really hard for me to put it into words and talk about it because it's tragic and sad. And I, I'm trying to be brave and put it in the book. So I was writing it. And then I thought, you know, I, it hit me that if this really difficult thing that I experienced early in my career had not happened to me, there would be no brave enough. Like I wouldn't be on air talking to Brittany Culp right now. Um, not that I wish I'm glad that it happened because I, I really can't say that. (laughs) Like I 
not like, oh, I'm so glad that this, I experienced this, you know, it was so worth it, but it has to be worth something, right? It can, even when we go through dark times, it can still mean something later. It can still be worth it. It's not that, oh, I think that, you know, God had this tragic thing happen to me so that I would become X, Y, Z. I'm not saying that because I, I don't believe that, but I do believe that we can take those dark times in our life and we can make, make them worth something. And, you know, you going through your burnout, going through your depression, recognizing it, reaching out on women and other groups, people on social media, um, being vulnerable, coming to the brave enough conference. Um, and then just exploding like on social media and encouraging people and being so real to others. You, you have no idea how many people you have reached through that. And it's not that I'm like, Oh, I'm really glad that you went through this depression, Brittany, because that's not what I'm saying, but it can, right. be, it can be worth something, right? It, it can have meaning right. and, and value and worth. And, and I think it's a good way to look at it when we look back at our story and the ugly parts and the difficult parts of our story and the parts that, you know, just today I struggled even writing, um, because they're so painful. It's, it's something that we can look back and say, okay, you know, sharing it, like I can keep that inside and never write about it. You could have kept all this to yourself. You could have overcome it and never told anybody. Right. But where, where is actually the real growth and the real value in that it's actually in helping others. Right. So like me writing, this is actually going to help others. You talking about this, not just overcoming it, but you talking about it and being so open about it, posting about it on your social media is, it's going to help others. You know, they're going to go, okay, maybe I'm feeling this way. And if she got help and she's all these things, she's this strong mama and she's a trauma surgeon and, and she's, you know, this beautiful person on, on social media and she had sought help then I can seek help. So you sharing your story, how did that help others? Like what was, how, how's the response been on social media? Overall positive, overall negative? I don't think I've had a single negative response. I haven't even had anybody be like, oh, you know, cheer up. You're going to be fine. Instead, I've had so many people thank me for being so open. And um, I've even had friends that I haven't talked to literally since junior high. I mean, we're talking 20 years that found my post on Facebook and were like, I've been going through something. Can I talk to you about it? And I'm like, heck yes, you can talk to me about it because I I needed somebody to be there for me. And sometimes it's just kind of putting your story out there and like listening to yourself, say it, that makes it more real. And I, so I've had multiple friends in that regard, and that has been extremely rewarding to be on the other side of it to actually help them. And sometimes I get true imposter syndrome where I'm like, have I really gotten all the way through it? And have I been out of it long enough to help anybody else? And then I get another super positive response. And everyone's always very thankful for the posts that are like really real. Like today, I didn't want to wake up and go to work, but I'm here and I took a picture and I put it on Instagram. <laughs> And, you know, and those, and people, they, they resonate with that. And they also resonate with like the really, really good days. And I see a lot more of those really good days now. And that's, that is a huge thing. And I can share kind of the ups and the downs and know, and be able to help somebody else that's thinking they're not good enough or 
that their patients don't like them or any of those things that just make it so hard to keep showing up as a physician. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I've had friends though, that aren't even in medicine that I've had a couple, um, like dentists and things like that, that have reached out to ask like, Hey, can we include more dentists and like, can we reach out to them and share your post with them? I know you're a physician and I'm like, if this resonates with you, please share it. Like, yes, I, yes. I don't care what kind of business you're in. You can be an interior design and probably resonate with some of these things. And I appreciate being able to talk to people from other like professions because you do realize that we as women are having similar struggles mm-hmm. across the board. Oh, yes. Oh, um, yes. And it's just sometimes I think it's magnified for us as physicians because we are so aware of it and we have enough training to understand that this isn't good, but how do I fix it? Yeah. You know, we just, we know just not to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because I have a coaching class that I put on twice a year and I was talking in the coaching class uh, last week in one of our live sessions. And I was talking about how I'm, I personally am in another coaching class and everyone was like, wait, you, you're in a coaching class. Like you're our coach. (laughs) And I was like, yes. (laughs) And I, at any given time in my life have at least one or two people that I'm, that are coaching me because, and, and they were like, really? And I was like, oh my gosh, do you, do you not understand? I do not have all this figured out. And it was funny because I had this kind of aha moment with, um, one of my health coaches that I was talking to about three months ago and she and I were talking and she said, you can be, she basically said something like, you know, you can be a mess and help others too. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like mind blowing. Like, cause I know mm-hmm. that feeling of imposter syndrome. I've had it many times where I'm like, wait a minute, how am I going to put on a conference to help women? I don't have it all figured out. Like I don't have work-life balance figured out. How, why do I think I can do this? But the cool thing is you can actually be working on yourself as a person and help another person at the same time. There's no rule that says like, well, Brittany, once you figure out all of these things in life, then you can post on Instagram the answers. Right. <laughs> right? Well, and my answers will probably change five years from yeah, now, exactly. you know, because I'll be continuing to work on myself. Exactly. And so I do, I love that too, that you can, you know, help somebody else while you're still a mess yourself. Like that, that's so true because it's not like I've stopped seeing my psychologist. It's not like I haven't, I I mean, I still read books of all sorts to try to help me out. I journal and I do a lot of things. And my blog is part of that sometimes like of just being cathartic for the things that are starting to kind of well up and make me unhappy again. And a lot of times I can just get it out there. And, but that doesn't, like you said, I, I certainly don't have it all figured out. I'm in a whole lot better place than I was a year ago, but that doesn't mean that that exactly how I did it is going to make your life so much better one year from now. Like we're all different, but I can at least tell you the things that have helped me and hopefully you can apply them early enough that you can like prevent some of these things or get out of your own, you know, um, like bad times without, you know, it's kind of like a medicine. You don't want to like correct the mistakes that other people make, right? You, you know, or like, and you don't want to like redo those. And so you have to learn from those mistakes. Like right. if someone else makes a mistake, it's your job to learn from that. Yes. So that you don't make that same mistake. And that's, that's a huge part of residency training. Yes. And, you know, so 
if you can learn from someone else's mistakes so that you don't have to go through that yourself, then that's even better. Like, yeah. And that's part of why I wanted to put those things out there of, yeah, this is how I got myself a little, you know, in over my head. And then here's how it got better. And so if you're feeling that way, here, here's how I did it. And hopefully just even one small part of that will help you. Well, and if you, if you actually look at the, my show, the episodes of my show, the titles, it's basically like, I mean, the title of the show could really be all of this way Sasha has screwed up (laughs) 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 and figured out how to not screw up again in that direction. Like, it's just funny because I'm, I'm like, I, I just got a, an email the other day from a woman and she was interested in coaching, but she's like, do you have, you know, certification? And I'm like, no, I do not have, I'm not like a certified life coach, but I know several. And if you want someone certified, I'm happy to refer you. But I was laughing to myself because I'm like, but I have messed up in like 200 different ways that I think most women have messed up in their life. And I've learned some things along the way. So if, if you're looking for experience, I, I've, and, and picking yourself up from failure, I've got a lot of ways that I failed, Um, you know, and it's just being honest about that. I mean, it's funny because sometimes I think that we think our life is this constant upward trajectory, but the reality is that there's pauses, that there's pivots, that there's times that we go the opposite direction for weeks upon months, maybe years. Um, and it's, it's not this constant trajectory upward. It's got a lot of squiggly lines, you know, and, and once you kind of accept that and then it's normal to be in those dark places sometimes, um, it's, it's a powerful thing. But what I love is that you like me found connection with other women through social media. I, I cringe every time someone complains about social media because I understand. I don't love social media. I don't love it for my kids, especially, but, um, as a mother of teens, it's, I see the negative, but for me, it's been such a positive experience and cause I control it and I limit it and I choose who I hang around with on social media. And I just get to meet people like you, like I would never have met you if it wasn't for social media. So what, what is, how do you approach it? I have the same feelings. So I have the same feelings about it. Like I mean, my daughter's only 21 months old and I'm still scared of like the first time she gets on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and yet I've been on Facebook for something like 15 years now, you know, yeah. but, um, I do think you have to control who you talk to, who sees your things. Um, Instagram is a lot harder, especially when you make your, your profile like completely public. Um, but I, you know, like I just, it's hard when you get like negative comments sometimes, but I've gotten so few of them. And I know people have commented to you before about like style and D and managing 10,000 women and how catty that has to be. And it's just so not it's I know. the complete opposite. And you, we all post on there all the time about like, I just had a cute outfit I wanted to show off today or today I'm having a really rough day. And I just need all of you strong women to tell me I'm going to be okay. And I think you can kind of do the same thing with Instagram and like your own followers and just say, you know, like, here's like something I'm legitimately doing right here, right now that doesn't make me happy. Or here's something that I'm doing that makes me 
crazy happy. And I want to share those with you and I want your thoughts. And um, I think like asking for people to respond back has been big for me or like people tell you to like put like an action item in your Instagram post, Right. And I, that sounds so goofy, but then you actually get people to tell their story in return or at least like a little snippet. Yeah. And I think it helps them too to be able to say that. Um, even if it's not to someone they know directly, but yeah, I mean, I agree with like the social media thing. It definitely kind of has to be like handled with kid hands and you've got to make sure that, you know, you, you just can't compare yourself to other people. That is a big thing that it's hard. And like, I, I struggle with that a lot, but at the same time, you just, the more vulnerable you are, like it just comes back tenfold to you as opposed to trying to put out this constant look of perfection. Right. But then you just start feeling like I'm not perfect. I, yes. I can't maintain this. Everyone else is perfect. Yes. Whereas I've met so many wonderful women on like through Instagram, even that I, they're so vulnerable and so honest and so strong in their own struggles. And it's so inspiring. And so I, I constantly have new sources of inspiration and I have women that I look like that I look up to and women that look up to me. And that's a really neat feeling that yes, you can find it, you know, like locally, but sometimes it's a little harder to like get together locally. And on social media, it's like, you can do it at your own convenience. And, um, I have always, I've been a big supporter since I, got through all of this of just maintaining the, that little social media tribe. And even if you have like 10,000 followers, there's usually a few of them that have really been your big supporters and they're, they make great comments or they send you messages. And I mean, I've gotten, I've met so many neat people through it and had experiences based on that, that have made me grow even faster and be even better. Yeah. And here's but, the thing about like, I agree totally with what you are saying. And I think it's funny because like, here's the thing, like I can post a picture of myself, you know, standing a certain way, looking a certain angle, looking perfect. But I'm like, why would I want to do that? Because that's not really what I look like. Like yeah, I would like, rather people meet me I and be like, like twice a year. yeah, I would rather people meet me and be like, oh, you're, you're actually, you know, you look like you do on social media. I, I mean, the gig is up, right? If the, once someone meets right. you, they're going to realize like the real you. And you know, it's so exactly. funny because like all of my pictures on social, when anybody meets me that in real life that follows me on social media, they all say the same thing. They all say, Oh my gosh, you are so short. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, I must look like I am six foot tall on social media. I am not, I am a shrimp person. Like I am so short, which is why I'm always wearing heels because I'm a shorty, but I laugh because I'm like, really? And they're like, Oh my gosh, we thought you were like five ten. I'm like, that is hysterical. I wish I was five ten. I would love to be tall. But... Yeah, and you're like, I must be taking amazing pictures to make myself look like five, six inches taller than I really am. But I don't mean to, it's just funny. But I always think to myself, like, why would I want to take some perfect picture of me? Because it just puts more pressure on myself to look like that. And that's, 
that's not what I look like in real life. I'm not a size four in real life. Like, why would I want to take a picture where I look like I'm a size four? Cause that's not me. Exactly. You know? So I love how real you are. I love your posts. And so speaking of this, as we wrap up the show, if someone wants to follow you, if someone wants to be inspired and encouraged, and I know they can read about you on doctorenough.com, how can people follow you on social media? So I do a little bit on Twitter. I, on Twitter, I kind of retweet all the things that other people say, because there's so many good things that are already being said, but with Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, all of my handles are Dr. Enough, just one word. And so it's pretty easy to find me no matter which platform you're on. Yay. Okay. And that's from Donna Coriel, making sure that it's all there. She's, <laughs> all, she's awesome, stuff. isn't she? <laughs> she is. She is. She's a good lady. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And if you're listening, I hope that you really appreciated Dr. Culp's just honesty and her openness about her own struggles and how she, you know, really came out and was vulnerable and said, I need help. And how one single post in social media, in a Facebook group of other physicians encouraged her, got her to the, to the, able to seek the help she needed and how she has just continually grown in her professional and personal life because she was honest and open with the real problem, as she said. And I just hope that she encouraged you to, as always, live brave. This has been an HSG production.